Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma and Brian E. Roach. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma, and here to help bring you all of the off-season goodness, at least for the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team that we love, sometimes love to hate, that breaks our hearts, and otherwise, my brother from another mother, or one Mr. Brian E. Roach. Brian, what's going on, my friend? I got this stuff going on. With, this is the reason I cut my hair all the time. It's like I got these wingy things coming out of the side over here. Fuzzy. Like, yeah, I, it annoys the crap out of me because I got cowlicks all over my head. So I'm too lazy to go upstairs and fix it, but I'm also hate it and it annoys me. Anyway, so I'm annoyed because my hair looks weird. Oh, okay. Well, I plead the fifth. <laughs> I know. I, I, I may be rubbing in the fact that I have hair. Well, you know, I was going to say, you know, my mom always said if I didn't have anything nice to say to not say it at all. So uh, where's my fresh sarcasm sign? Uh, anyways, <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll, I'll do it for you. We're already we're going to have a lot of that today. So, yeah, yeah. Just keep it there. That and maybe maths with Joe and maths with Brian, all of our favorite segments for you know, all the people that are still left listening because it is the off season for the Pittsburgh Steelers now having exited the playoffs a little over a week ago. It's hard to believe the football season is already over. I know like I know the women sometimes in our lives don't understand it. You know, we wait all year long for it and then it's gone and we're waiting for it again. And it's like, yeah, it's like it, it's just this huge buildup. And that's where, you know, you kind of change gears in the offseason. I know. Flash was going to jump on. He's still remodeling or something. He's he's playing Bob Vila at his house. So, uh, well, it's better than playing Bob Ross. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You put a little offensive coordinator here, <laughs> here. Oh, nice happy offensive coordinator. That's what we want is a happy offensive coordinator, Brian. But, but do we? Yeah, we were going to. Man, Flash and I, Flash wanted to talk offensive coordinators. He didn't want to talk quarterbacks. So me and you are going to talk quarterbacks because we kind of left off with not. There's going to be a lot of meat on the bone to chew off. And we're going to just hop around on this as the most uh, or least organized. I was going to say mis most disorganized, but I think le least organized is probably the better way to phrase that. Uh, yes. As far as uh, podcast crews, broadcast teams, whatever you want to call it. But everybody is just full of like their clickbait and hot takes and everything else. But as far as the offensive coordinator... Uh, search goes for the Steelers. I guess C Cliff Klingsbury was fielding an interview with the Steelers, also with the Eagles. Um, there was uh, Zach Robinson with the Rams. He was formerly a quarterback at Oklahoma State. I think quarterbacks, coach, uh, something like that. Uh, and, these, and these passing game coordinators and quarterback coaches are the guys that usually, I remember Bruce Arians got promoted internally. Right now, Mike Sullivan, a Steelers quarterback coach who was calling plays with Eddie Faulkner helping is kind of like a, a duo of internal or interim uh, offensive coordinators in place of Matt Canada. Now Mike Sullivan is getting some feelers out there, the Raiders, and I'm trying to think who the other team was, but oh, the Saints. So there's other teams that are, that are looking. The Cincinnati Bengals just lost um, Brian Callahan, an excellent offensive coordinator, second-generation coach. He's now the new head coach of the Tennessee Titans. 
And there's a few more of those moves. There's head uh, coaching jobs opening all over. Bill Belichick's doing the world tour. Jim Harbaugh's put, come up like a groundhog poking his head up for the free meals he must get on these uh, schmooze. You know, the I forgot uh, who I was listening to. It might have been on XM Radio, but somebody had a very detailed thing with Harbaugh and how he has all these connections to the city of San Diego, formerly even as a player and with the organization that the Chargers now are in L.A., so there's a lot of smoke to that fire, and we'll see if he has to escape the other fires that are still burning at the, um, yeah, the uh, that place up that north. Place. Yeah, that one. So uh, while that's all going on, you know, the Steelers are trying to land their candidate as well. And, you know, some of these guys get impatient, uh, want a first interview, second interview. Well, gee, this opp- other opportunity might not be open for very long. So you got to hope that they land someone. I know that most people would probably be pick up the pitchforks and torches. If Mike Sullivan were internally promoted, I wouldn't necessarily hate that, but I know Mike Tomlin has also gone out on the ledge already and said that he's looking for an experienced coordinator slash play caller outside of the organization, outside of the organization. So uh, I really hope that Sullivan doesn't go. You could see, what wonders he already worked one nice game with Kenny Pickett before he got hurt. The wonders that weren't working so wonderful with Mitch Trubisky. And then the wonders that happened with Mason Rudolph. And we're going to talk about all those today, but uh, do any of these flashy names really like they don't do anything for me. I I mean, I don't, nobody's going to take, I I don't think you're going to see like an Eric B lateral transition move. You know what I mean? Where he goes from Kansas city last year as an offensive coordinator to the offensive coordinator for the Washington commanders, usually you don't see lateral transitions. You either see because entire staffs are gone, head coaches are fired. You see somebody like, you know, Sullivan, who was an offensive coordinator twice, once uh, making Josh Freeman a 4,000 yard passer in Tampa Bay, uh, working several years, Eli Manning's best years in New York. And then they end up kind of, they might take like a demotion or a position code or whatever they move up and down the, you know, the ladder as it, as it is. So it may be where the Steelers, maybe they get a former head coach like Cliff Kingsbury, an offensive minded guy that gives me Todd Haley vibes. Also being from Arizona, you know, previous, uh, one of his previous stops, it does. Uh, that also kind of flies in the face, Brian of Tomlin, not wanting to hire people who can intimidate him and, uh, that he feels fearful of. And it's like, come on, this guy's had how many former head coaches on his staff over the years. I know I'm tired of that narrative. That's a dumb narrative. It's dumb, very dumb, very dumb. And also the Rooney's are cheap. The Rooney's are cheap and they're not going to pay to bring anybody, blah, 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 blah. It's all opportunity. It's all, you know, I hear um, there's rumblings now that Mike Munchak might want to come back into coaching, all this other stuff. So um, keep an eye on it because that's going to start ramping up. But you still got football and a lot of these teams are going to be in a holding pattern because guess what every team wants to do that isn't successful? They want to emulate the teams that are. And currently there's four of those left. So you're going to have some names like what Mike McDonald. That's the defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. You got Ben Johnson. That's the offensive coordinator for the Detroit lions. You have anybody that's under Kyle Shanahan with the San Francisco 49ers. And of course, Andy Reid and his, uh, some of his coaching tree. He's had some interesting, he's when you're around long enough, I guess you'll get some of those. As long as I guess you're not hiring retreads or other head coaches or lifers as they usually are in Pittsburgh. Yeah. True. Yeah. I, I mean, we'll see what we, I'm, you know, Eric Bieniemy. I, I think there is, there is still something of a, of a chance that he ends up 
just making a lateral move again. I mean, that's what he made from, you know, Kansas City to Washington. It just depends on if somebody is willing to take a chance on him as a head coach um, and or not. Because, I mean, what else is he going to do? He's not going to drop back to being a quarterback's coach or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, well, he was a running back. And was he actually a running back's coach, too? You know, one would surmise. Uh, let's see. In college, he most certainly was. With the Vikings, he was. And then uh, Colorado's offensive coordinator, running back's coach several years with the Chiefs. And then an offensive coordinator. So his name just doesn't pop up very often. Like, you know, last season, he was like the the shiny toy. You know what I mean? Everybody wanted him here. Oh, He's got to be the boss. He needs to wear the big boy pants and have the big boy job. But, yeah, that's kind of dissipated now with Ron Rivera's firing and uh, the lack of success there in Washington, particularly with Sam Howell, who we are howling at that one. Who would have called that, Brian? You know, <laughs> You're you're right about Sam Howell. I've been moderately right so far about Mason Rudolph. So, and you were also right about uh, your other favorite quarterback over there in New England, Mac Jones. So, go oh boy. Yep, yep, yep. And that's where we're at. Ding, 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 ding. It's what should the Steelers do with the quarterback position this off season? This is uh, what maybe, they should do. Yeah, two dogs, one bone. Yeah, there you go. That's uh, that's the perfect shirt for this conversation. You know, I'm not remiss to saying. Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, but let's look outside the organization real quick. And maybe once again, like last year with the Aaron Rodgers wasn't available. You know, that was one of these, they had to trade and, and people always bring up names of guys that are going to enter, maybe enter free agency. One of them that keeps popping up in the early, you know, aggregator sites, the hot takes Kirk cousins. And he just finished the year. I don't know. What did he do? He tore like everything that he has. So <laughs> that's, yeah, that's really this, bad. <laughs> it is, but he's 35 years old. The guy's been making, I think somewhere between an average per year of 35 to 40 million in Minnesota made him at one point, the highest uh, paid quarterback. In the NFL it was North of 90 million for a three year deal. He's been extended once or twice already. I don't think those are the kind of bones that the Steelers are willing to throw out there. But even if they were, do you believe a guy that's already 35 years old, who hasn't led another team? What's he won? Like, what's he done? He puts up some numbers. I mean, he puts up respectable numbers. He could be a 4,000-yard passer or a 30-touchdown guy. He's erratic. He has, like, one year where he has a few, like, a dozen, 15 interceptions. He's got other years where he doesn't. You know, last year obviously did not because he only played eight games. I don't think that's the kind of player that the Steelers are looking at to add as competition for Kenny Pickett for QB1. Seems very unlikely to me. I, I don't, you know, they're not going to, first of all, they've got Kenny on a rookie contract, right? So anybody that's going to require investment of $20 million a year plus, you know, that, that's just, they're not going to do that. Um, why would they do that? That uh, they're not trying to find a franchise quarterback uh, on the free agent market. They're trying, if at best, they're trying to find uh, a mentor, some competition, or a one of the what you know. If if he were to beat out Kenny Pickett, a placeholder quarterback until they find their next franchise quarterback, um, they're not gonna. They're they're just not gonna invest in a 35 year old guy that's gonna cost them that kind of cash. 
No, I don't think so. And considering the Steelers are over the cap right now, which they could easily get under with a couple of moves, we're going to be talking about who stays, who goes, uh, some other moves, needs, and stuff in the coming weeks. Of course, it's very simple. Mitch Trubisky leaves. He's. He, I don't think he's. He's not in that conversation as the competition. He's pretty much, you know. Thank you for your service, Mitch. Yes, Thanks so much. You, you, we really appreciate it. And that contract itself, I mean, with Allen Robinson, who is due um, more money. Let me see. I'm going to just quickly go through this because I, I've got some other articles that are coming up on the site here shortly, too. But Allen Robinson is a uh, cap savings of $10 million. And if I read this correctly, Mitch Trubisky, at least next year, he's going to have a higher hit at 4.6, about $3 million savings. And then the following year, they save six. So they save about $9 million. Uh, but we'll eat uh, a little over six, almost close to seven because they extended them last year instead of just saving $10 million. And you know why, you know why that happened. And you know, those two moves, obviously they, I don't know, over the caps got them, what, 15 million. So that's almost all the moves. Chikwarma core four is another guy, 8.75 million. And then they're in the black and they're going to have to do a little bit, a little bit more, which seems unlikely just because of the, the nature of, well, they don't have Big Ben under contract. You know, they don't have a big quarterback contract. They got Kenny Pickett. Well, that's how they're able to pay TJ Watt and make a Fitzpatrick the big, big deals. And we'll talk a little bit more about finessing the salary cap. So from just a, that standpoint, a Kirk Cousins or 30 to $40 million guy probably isn't in the works. There's some other guys who aren't free agents currently, uh, but let's look at the list of maybe some of them that are hitting the free agent market. Ryan Tannehill. Probably won't be back with the Titans. They drafted Will Yay! Levis. 36 years old. Uh, they actually have uh, Cousins here at 36. I thought he was 35, but maybe that means this upcoming year he's turning 36 at some point. And you see, he even even uh, Tannehill had a current uh, average per year of 29.5 with 62 guaranteed. That'll really cash strap you over a few years. And yeah, neither one of those guys at that age and we remember we were already looking past 38, 39-year-old Ben Roethlisberger. And what happens if Cousins uh, is now injury-prone as he gets up there uh, on the back end of his career? Uh, I'm not even sure the Vikings are going to be looking at him to come back. We'll see if some other team is really, like, starved. There's teams with lots of cap room that also need a quarterback that might reach and do something like that. Uh, another name on this, and I know he gets thrown around, but Jacoby Percet. Now we're getting into $8 million, unrestricted free agent backup quarterback type level. And then you get down to the 5 million range with Terod Taylor, Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold, Drew Locke, Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield will probably land a decent uh, amount of attention more than likely with Tampa Bay garnering the most interest. Gardner Minshew. I, I want Batman. Get Batman. That guy down there, that, that Easton stick, that's Batman. Get him. Easton stick. Well, Easton sticks coming off a rookie contract and I don't know, somebody will kick the tires on him at least to try and develop if he doesn't return to LA, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think so. I think, I don't think anybody's, I don't think anybody's kicking the tires on Easton stick. Give him five bucks. Tell him to show up and compete. Dude, I'm pretty sure Nathan Peterman still was on an NFL roster. Yeah, but nobody's trying to develop Nathan Peterman. They're just there going, all right, you've thrown a pass. Go ahead. We'll, Worst comes to worst, you'll make it worse. Yay. <laughs> yeah, it was with the Bears, actually. So, and I mean, that just, it goes to show you, you know, he's been he's plugging along the league for since 2017 when he was uh, originally brought in the fifth round uh, of the draft with the Buffalo Bills. This goes Bills. to show you that 
A, there are very few quarterbacks that um, are available. And even really atrociously bad ones can find a career as a backup <laughs> for a length of time. Yeah, Colt McCoy, he was around for ever, forever and ever. If you can't make a career as a backup quarterback, you really suck. <laughs> Nobody wanted Joe Flacco either, and that's kind of crazy. But we saw he kind of he cost the Browns. He was next on this list. Tyler Huntley is finally going to land out there somewhere. Someone might back up. None of these guys are like, can they beat Kenny Pickett to be QB1? If that's the case, you're probably in trouble with just about everybody on this list that I've named. And it just keeps going. And the one name on here that does interest me, uh, and no, it's not Carson Wentz. No, it's not Trevor Simeon. Uh, Mason Rudolph does interest me, but one of the names that was uh, a little higher up on this is Josh Dobbs, who I feel with the emergency quarterback situation, that's a guy that's a very clear backup that you're not bringing in for competition. If he got signed first, most of the answers would be like, oh, he's coming in. I always liked, uh, and they just didn't pay attention to like the erratic kind of play that happened throughout the year. He'll be a backup somewhere. I wouldn't mind it if you can get him for like 2 million or something, bring him in as the QB three and he could be in that same position that Rudolph was in all year. And then if you happen, you got to have at least two though, Brian is what we're getting at. Yep. And none of these guys are, are a two that I'm interested in. And cousins is definitely a one somewhere, but not at that cost. So then you look at some of the other names that are floating around. I saw Kyler Murray's name pop up as um, well with the, uh, and I forgot what the, um, is it Gannon? Uh, Jonathan Gannon. Is that the name of the coach out in Arizona? He, uh, uh, They said Kyler Murray's their guy. Let's take a look at what Kyler Murray is costing these days in the world of the NFL. It's contracted through 2028 right now. If you would like to put $271.1 million on your cap, and the Arizona Cardinals would have to eat about $81 million of dead money in 2024 to move on from Kyler Murray uh, or make some other. They are so in the negative that they're not able to really move on from him for a year or two. His cap charges under his current contract, 51, I'm just going to paraphrase, 51, 45, 55, 43, 46. Uh, he's young, but he can be exciting at times. That It's not the answer. It's not, it's not the guy that you, this isn't the move that you want. This is like a Deshaun Watson move. If you make this trade that will negatively impact your ability to keep and retain other players and just keep playing kick the can down the road until, you know, you got to pay the Piper, which is, uh, you know, Buffalo's there now. Right. And then the bills, the bills, as far as cap room, let's take a look. I wanted to see they were an estimated now, mind you over the cap here, everything is estimated right now because we don't know the actual salary cap yet for 2024 they're an estimated 50 million over the cap already okay that's just uh that's a lot of that's a lot of estimated over the cap right now yeah yeah <laughs> without even knowing what it is what the it's it's unreal and it's like what do they got to do and you look at some of the this is the situation you don't want to be in uh, okay josh allen 47 million stefan diggs 27.8 Von Miller, 20, uh, 24 million, basically. Um, Deion Dawkins, Tredavious White, who has struggled to stay healthy. I mean, these are quality players, but it's the business of football. It's the same thing we were saying about 35-year-old Cam Hayward at $22 million and whether or not he would return. Um, 
so Kyler Murray, I think, isn't even like this is just, you know, people throwing things out there with, well, this quarterback isn't successful in his current home. So that means he might be available otherwise. Uh, another name that comes up a lot, and this one might have more smoke around the fire. One of our old um, observe, uh, guys that we observed over at the Ohio State University, Justin Fields. And Justin Fields would be a cheap one-year rental. Justin Fields, 24 years old. He enters 2024 only with a $6 million cap hit as a first-round draft choice back in 2021. He also has a fifth-year option that would be on deck. I think that would pay him in the whereabouts of at least 18 to 20 million. I'm spitballing off of memory. Might be more than that. I highly doubt it's less um, because that takes into a lot of consideration of the other contracts, blah, blah, blah. Top pay. It's basically like franchise cap math formulas, but applied towards like rookie deals and salaries and et cetera, et cetera. So if you remember, wasn't Bud Dupree on a fifth year option, like a 16 million guy just a few years ago, or maybe that was salary cap. Maybe he was like 10 million, something like that, but still, um, I digress. Like, there's some, in, there's the problem with Justin Fields and it's not with Justin Fields, but the problem with the narrative of the Steelers are going to go and get Justin Fields is are they going to pay the price that the Bears are going to request of them? Now, some people out there are going to be like, well, they know the Bears are the Bears are sellers. They know they're sellers. They're going to draft a quarterback, blah, blah, blah. They have to trade him before they draft the quarterback or nobody's going to give them crap. Some idiot out there will give them something. It may not be the kind of Deshaun Watson kind of trade where you give up two or three or four, or, you know, the, the entire century's worth of first-round picks. Uh, whatever the Browns actually gave up for Deshaun Watson. And yes, I'm going to continue to mock them over that forever. Um, but you know, they're going to want something in return. And I'm not interested. I, I like Justin Fields, right? I think Justin Fields still has the potential to be a quality quarterback in the league. I'm not giving up first round draft picks for it. Just not doing. Yeah. And I, I don't think he's going to take a first round pick to get there's people that are speculating he's being uh he has a valuation of a third round pick but now you're getting off the rookie contract and do you think that justin fields has he been misused is this another bears quarterback that you think has been misused or just isn't playing up to their type of potential with the maybe the players that are around them um i think part of the problem is his last two seasons if you get Justin Fields, you're basically getting Kenny Pickett that might run just a little bit more. Yes. Uh, yeah. You're at 17 touchdowns and 11 interceptions in 2022. That was a little over 2,200 yards passing. 2,562 yards last season with 16 touchdowns to nine interceptions. He's only, he hasn't thrown multiple, does this sound familiar? Multiple touchdowns. That means two touch, at least two touchdowns or more. In 21 of his last 28 games played. Put it up. Put it up. Put uh, uh, oh, uh oh, uh oh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's not the one we want. But no, that's the wrong close one. Close enough. Yep, 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 yep. There we go. <laughs> that's the, what Brian. The definition of multiple is greater than one. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the same argument, though, that I was making when they signed Mitch Trubisky. And it's the same argument that's going to have me less bullish over Kenny Pickett, who was not, was not able to prove that he could do otherwise with a different set of offensive minds outside of one game before getting hurt. You saw Mason able to do it. Now you kind of think, well, gee, if Kenny was in the same spot, 
would he have been capable of doing it? And since you know Mason could do it, it's like, oh yeah, bring Mason back, right? But sticking with Fields, <clears throat> only one game out of those 28. So you have 75% of his games, Brian, 70, 75. This is almost, for my wrestling fans out here, it's going to turn into Scott Steiner math pretty soon. But Matt's with Joe says, 20, 21 out of 28 games is 75% without multiple touchdowns thrown. Out of those 28, I want to want you to venture a guess as to how many of those 28 games did he throw for 300 yards or more? Two. You, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sir, but you have gone over in the showcase showdown. So it was half of that, wasn't it? It was one. Exactly I was one. I going to say one. One I game. Said, I'm going to double down and I'm going with two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, I mean, we can make the arguments that maybe Fields had bad coaching the same way Kenny had uh, Matt Canada, but why do you want to trade draft picks, spend more money, and maybe have another year to have to extend this guy? Because if you don't, you don't take the option. Now you can rescind the option on the fifth year deal, but now yeah. it's another piece that's towards your salary cap. I think all of that is very risky roster building, and maybe for minimal or. or no gain whatsoever. Maybe another another guy that's in the hot seat too. Formerly one of my favorite players outside of the Steelers organization that may be on his way out of Denver. And that's Russell Wilson. They shut him down so they wouldn't have to pay him a certain amount of bonuses in what might be only the other worst contract out there other than Deshaun Watson's. Um, Man, let me tell you. Uh, I'm gonna pull up Russell, Ru old Russell Wilson's uh, got, what, contract here. Fourth round picks that they because they got a, a fourth round pick from the Rams for uh, Dotson or whatever, right? So don't they have two fourth round picks? This I year? believe so. I gotta go yeah. and look. Pretty sure I've done enough fake PFF nonsense mock drafts already. By the way, it's still still I can break it a million times because. <laughs> um, anyway, so here's the thing. Uh, if if Justin if I could have Justin Fields for a fourth round pick, okay, I'll do it. Then I'll do it. I got two. I'll give him one. I'll do. I would do that. Anything higher than that, I'm not interested. Let me, let me tell you, for even that, I just keep Kenny and use that money on on Mason. Give him like something twelve to fourteen. I think what you got to do with Mason, looking at all these quarterback contracts, is going to have to be a multi year deal. And I yes. believe like. You know, Mitch Trubisky, we were just talking about that that deal in itself, which, you know, uh, not the best now looking at it. And there's going to be some dead money that could have been spent otherwise. That money, if it would have been spent with Mason Rudolph, you're feeling a lot better. And he's uh, <clears throat> under contract through the 2025 season. And basically, uh, the two-year deal that was uh, redone here was 14.3 with five and a quarter million guaranteed. There may be some other teams that are looking and like, hey, this guy might be a fit for us. I mean, Chase Daniel was getting like three years, 21 million. So in, in that range years ago, just to be a lifetime backup. So here's the thing. Like he Mason did himself such a great service with the performance that he put on the last three games, you know, or less at least the last two games. Right. If you go, I, I get that the weather was a, was a a certainly a factor in both Baltimore and in Buffalo. Um, but he didn't blow anybody's socks off in those two games, right? But he did enough in the first two games that he was out there 
that he is absolutely going to get some interest. And, you know, it does it does make you wonder is the only reason that Mason Rudolph got basically crickets last year during his free agency uh, tour because he simply didn't have tape or the only the last tape that he actually had was him getting clocked by what's his name, Earl Thomas or whatever, or breaking his collarbone. And people just went, uh, yeah, I'm not interested. I don't see it. I, I got I got nothing to judge you on. Well, now they do. And I agree with you. The only way they're keeping Mason right now is they're going to have they would have to do a multi-year deal of some kind. It it very likely could be that they allow Mason to go find a deal and then they try and match it or 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 not. Right. Uh, I'm sure that Omar Khan would prefer not to do that. He doesn't want to have to beat somebody else's offer. He'd like to keep Mason in the fold. I still would take Justin Fields for a fourth round pick if I can have a three-headed dog, Cerebus, competing. I can. I can live with that. Let me um, unmute my mic here for a second because I'm not a big fan of the three-headed dog, okay? We've seen the three-headed dog in action heading into, what, the 2022 training camp uh, for that season, and Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, and then Pickett starts his QB3, and he's throwing to a bunch of you know, grocery baggers and bricklayers, or at least in the future, they would be. I mean, what that gets you is, is that Justin Fields or Kenny Pickett essentially will be throwing passes to guys like Tyler Vaughn's that was out of the XFL and nothing against Tyler Vaughn's. I mean, there's a pretty loaded Steelers wide receiver group and it's very tough. Uh, wide receivers in general can be a dime a dozen, all depending. It's a very tough unit to crack or position group to crack across the league. But it does you no know, service that if Justin Fields ends up being your one, like Kenny Pickett did, that he doesn't have a rapport. You saw Trubisky had a better rapport with Deontay Johnson back in 22. In 23 now, absolutely zero rapport because he's not playing with the same groups. The ones are with the ones, the twos are with the twos with the limited amount of the three practices you have during the week. So I would much rather than a three-headed monster just sign somebody like Josh Dobbs. He doesn't have to have very many reps. He's somebody that you know you could throw out there in the case of an emergency quarterback that would be inexpensive and is a distant thought as a quarterback three, as opposed to kind of three middling quarterback ones that chop the pie up into thirds. Let's just do halves, bring back Mason Rudolph, have him compete with Kenny Pickett. There is, there's not a quarterback on the planet. I don't think that offers you the mental acuity of Josh Dobbs. The dude is a rocket scientist. Okay. So, I mean, yes. So he's a smart, smart guy. Um, I, I would have no problem if you bring Josh Dobbs in and you you manage to keep Mason and Kenny and Josh is told, hey, yes, this is your this is your audition for coaching or whatever, but we need you in case something goes off the rails here um, and we lose both of them and let Kenny and Mason fight it out, right? Find out what what you know what steel sharpening steel or iron steel on iron or whatever the hell one of those other Tomlinisms. Um, but I'm with you. I'm with you. If you get Josh Dobbs, let's say, but let's say Mason bolts, right? Let's say some other team, the Washington Commanders, have decided that they they've regretted the Sam Howell decision. And for whatever reason, they miss out on the quarterback that they want in the draft. Right? <laughs> 
What if they offer Mason to come in, or even if they get the quarterback that they want in the draft and they don't want him to come in and start, and they they offer Mason enough money? If Mason goes, right now, I'm much more open. I'm I'm much more open to the fourth round trade for Justin Fields. I'm open to it, period. But I agree with you. If if all things are equal and Josh Jobs can sit there and you can have a two way competition, I'm fine. Yeah, and that's where I'm at. I just uh, I don't want to split any of these reps and anybody else that they could bring in. Of course, there might be one other name available. They're not going to come in as QB three. If anything, they're going to come in as QB one cousins fields, arguably, maybe he could be a competition because he's still on a rookie deal. And then you've got somebody like Russell Wilson, who is just uh, tied into like this. This is like Deshaun Watson, Cleveland Browns type of territory if somebody trades for him. And the Denver Broncos are going to eat $85 million in dead money uh, next season if they release him. They already shut him down so they wouldn't have to pay him part of this contract. Uh, His numbers have not been impressive. As you could see here, his cap numbers are even worse. Do you want to have, like, I'm just going to round it down, $35 million against the cap for this quarterback next season, and then you're going to be on the hook. A lot of it um, here is base salary, so there are cap savings, but the dead cap would be pretty big. But his cap numbers under his current deal, 55, 58, 53, 54 through age 40, 2028. uh, That's just that's insane to me. Uh, and you're going to have to bring him in and he's not going to be competition. That kind of money, you have to play that player. And then you're going to have to forego paying the kind of guy, paying money to keep guys like a TJ Watt, Micah Fitzpatrick, or at least putting other pieces around them. You can't have all of these high priced, uh, pieces as mentioned, like you with the Buffalo bills and their high cap number. That's, uh, that's arriving right now. And Wilson had guys like Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, uh, Marvin Bims, uh, Tim Patrick, they, they had players that are decent skill position players. And he wasn't even able to put up numbers like 38, the 40 year old Ben Roethlisberger. I took uh, Wilson's 30 game totals in a Broncos uniform. And he has 42 touchdowns, 19 interceptions, about 6,600 yards. Ben Roethlisberger threw for more, almost a thousand yards more 55 touchdowns, that's 13 more touchdowns. That's almost one per game, almost, right? 17-game season, and just one more pick. And he had a higher completion percentage. And dare I say that Ben won a lot more games than uh, Russell Wilson. And that's where I'm at with a lot of the guys that are even sitting here in the playoffs. And I know you're not going to like this, Brian, but you uh, you know, you're looking at uh, Russell Wilson, a guy that's probably at the back end of his career. He's older and he's not putting up bigger numbers, but you don't have to have um, big numbers necessarily. I looked at the divisional round and a lot of the quarterbacks, as long as you could throw for about 250-ish with two touchdowns, Mar- uh, Lamar Jackson obviously does it with his legs. He only threw 22 passes, 252 yards, two touchdowns. Brock Purdy, 242 with a TD. Jared Goff, 287 with two TDs. Patrick Mahomes, 215 with two TDs. And Mason was doing this in rain, in cold, Buffalo, Baltimore, whatever. I think he possibly pick it if he, you know, gets some more experience or capable of putting up those same type of numbers. But this, see, this is this is this is the reason that I hate statistical arguments, right? Because I don't care about any of that. What the what you have to have in your franchise quarterback 
is someone who can take the team and carry them when the time is needed. It, 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 you, but the thing is, if you have that in you, you're likely to have some of those statistical milestones at various times. Ben threw for six touchdowns two weeks in a row. Ben did this. Ben, you're going to have those outstanding performances, but that is less crucial than the fact that you that when push comes to shove, Ben Roethlisberger brought the team from behind in the fourth quarter, what, like 70 jillion times? Yeah, and he's uh, he's one of the best to ever do it. You think about, like, John Elway or, you know, uh, Peyton Manning, and he's, like, top five all time. I think only Tom, Tom Brady's ahead of him only because he played an extra gazillion years. Um, and it's it's that kind of moxie. Look, does Kenny have that? Sometimes, but only if the game is close. Ben did have the ability to put the game basically out of reach as well. So you need both things, but you don't have to have it all the time, right? You don't have to be, as you said, Patrick Mahomes doesn't throw for 450 yards every game. Josh Allen doesn't throw for 450 yards every game. Lamar doesn't throw for 450 yards ever. Um, so <laughs> you, you just you need someone who can get you where you need to go by force of will, right? Who can create. That's really what I'm trying to say is you, you when push comes to shove, when the defense has figured out what's going on, you need someone who can create a shot at winning the game. Ben could do that. Mahomes does that. For all my criticisms of Lamar, he does that. Um, Josh Allen can do that. But that's that's what really makes a franchise quarterback. Do I think Kenny can do that? He has shown that he has that ability in him. Does he? But am I convinced? No. As I said, the year after the you know the multiple comebacks in a row or whatever it was, you know, fourth quarter touchdown drives, it's great. Right, it's it's great, but we need to see a bigger body of work. Unfortunately, this year, as we saw a bigger body of work, it didn't look that great. Um, but you know, it's still, as you said, maybe he needs more seasoning. Maybe you know, maybe uh, it's just going to take some time. Same thing's true of Mason. Can I can I say for sure Mason's that guy? No. Do I like what I saw from Mason in the last end of the year? Sure, I do. Why wouldn't I? Right? They won. Um, but am I convinced? No, I am not convinced right now that they have a franchise quarterback on their roster. Um, and I'm not convinced that they're going to have one next year on their roster. Uh, because if they don't have one now, I, I don't see a way for them to get one in between now and then. That doesn't mean they don't have a quarterback who could take them deeper into the playoffs. And with the right in, right coordinator and the right scheme, get them to the promised land. Um, it is definitely much harder to win a Super Bowl with a guy like whatever that uh, guy that won with the Ravens the one year who was terrible, Trent Dilfer, whatever, <laughs> right? It is much more difficult to do that in today's NFL than it was in the past because it's too lopsided towards the offense. Um, defense can't do what it used to do.
Oh, I agree, Brian. And I know I'm stats chasing again, but Ben didn't have to. Ben wasn't Ben yet. You know, 2005, second year in the league, 17 touchdowns to nine interceptions. He led the league in interceptions with 23 the year after. Uh, they still stick with him. 2008, it's all 16 games. He only throws for 3,300 yards, 17 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. And then uh, he only has, he has only three touchdown passes in the entire postseason. All right, and, and both those things are valid. We all know what won them those Super Bowls was their defense, right? Yes, Ben does the – but again, here as bad as Ben was, or not great, right, not statistically great, without Ben and Santonio Holmes on that last drive, they don't win that game, right? And it, it's that ability to rise up that you need in your franchise quarterback. Yeah, uh, and I also think like the whole mobile quarterback thing is a little overblown. I mean, avoiding pressure, Big Ben was a load to bring down, um, but you can't have happy feet like Trubisky or Pickett has had. And you see what happens when Mason Rudolph stands in the pocket. He was able to escape some pressure. I kind of laughed when he pump faked, evoking some of that Ben Roethlisberger. But I think it's a little overblown with the mobile quarterbacks as well. I pulled up some of those stats, and I think outside of obviously Lamar Jackson running for like uh, a bazillion, trillion, gazillion yards or whatever it was, um, nobody else really ran for much of uh, much of anything in that game. It was uh, relegated to, as I said, with the passing game, you just needed like, you know, the 250 or whatever it may be. Uh, when it came down to running the football, Jackson had 100 yards and Allen had 72 in a losing effort. Mahomes only had 19. Some of these, of course, are kneel downs too. Mayfield had 15. Goff had six, Love had three, Purdy had 14, and Stroud had nine. I just, you know, a little bit of emphasis there. If they sneak in, they score some touchdowns. But outside of like a few guys like Allen or Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson, which they doubled down on him with Todd Monken as the new OC, that's not really, I don't know that that's necessarily the trend that you want to put your 50 million a year quarterback in harm's way. You saw what happened like with the Bengals with not having Joe Burrow. It, it all depends on the offensive design of your team, right? It, it, if you've built your team around a mobile quarterback, then you damn well better have a mobile quarterback because otherwise your schema is not going to work. You can't have a, a, a offense designed for a quarterback to be an option to run if he can't run, right? I'm not saying we have that. I'm not saying that at all, right? I'm saying that it it in many ways depends on your offensive coordinator and his determination on what is his what is his thing that he's going to do, right? I've said this a million times before. Ideally, the best coaches to me look at what their players can offer them and design their offense defense around the abilities of those people, right? So if we hire an offensive coordinator who comes in here and decides to have a, a Lamarish-like offense, right, or an offense – where you're going to depend like with Josh Allen to run the ball by your quarterback at various times. And Mason is the guy. Then I'm going to say the coach is a dumbass. And again, Brian, it's not like anybody was out there looking at Ben Roethlisberger and going, you know, a lot of times people were offended that he wasn't among the 
top pecking order in the league because he wasn't putting up Peyton Manning type numbers in that Denver Broncos system or Tom Brady with Randy Moss or anything like that. In fact, uh, more often than not, he was the two touchdown guy as opposed to the six touchdown guy. You'd have those outlying games. And I think if you get experience for, you know, whether it be Pickett or whether it be Rudolph, they have like Rudolph. The reason Rudolph was in the position he was in right now is because he had some experience. And now he's got like a foundation at least to build on. I think if you could continue doing that, you don't have to have fantasy football or John Madden video game stats. In fact, like you're probably the only guy I know that was drafting Ben Roethlisberger as your fantasy quarterback. We draft Steelers. We've talked about this before. I don't, I don't play fantasy football to win at fantasy football. I play fantasy football to pretend my name is Rooney. Um, <laughs> so that's it. Anyway, if, if you're going to draft a quarterback, you're going I'm fine with the Steelers drafting quarterbacks at the at the location they are. What I'm not fine with is them giving up extra picks to move up to get a quarterback. Why? Because there's, as you said, there's no guarantee with any of them. Look at this upcoming draft, right? Is there a surefire? Is there a C.J. Stroud in this draft? In my mind, there is not. There flat out is not. I get these. Some of these guys may turn out to be successful. Some of them absolutely will not <laughs> most of them will not think of the quarterback drafts that have occurred how many of them were like the 2004 draft class that ben was a part of with ben philip rivers and eli manning right and even consider most people forget there was a fourth quarterback taken in that draft class in the first round jp lossman went to buffalo who was you know in quarterback purgatory forever very few. You do not get that kind of output for quarterback drafts. You've got a better shot at busting than you've got at success. So in my mind, what what was our record in 2003? Uh, one of the few losing seasons. They went 6-10 and 10 that year. You want to draft a quarterback, that's what you got to do. You have to stink. You really have to have a bad year. Then, then you're not giving up extra to try and be in those spots. You've literally got to be one of the worst teams to have your best shot. If you are doing, look at what they, look at the teams that have given up stuff and how it's worked out. You know, the Bears, you know, whoever, they give up stuff to move up in the draft and it almost never works, right? You wait until you're there and you can invest the pick you have in the guy you want. And that's why you end up with these up and down years and, and, and trouble. We we are not in that spot. We could be in that spot. What if what if Mason leaves and Kenny actually sucks, right? What if, what if that's the case? What if Kenny really isn't the guy and he continues to not progress but regress? We might have that three in 14 years. And that's what I'm advocating for. Bring both of those guys back. And I know a lot of people, we didn't really go jump back on that, but they're speculating like, what if Rudolph goes somewhere else? You know, there's just as much to him coming back, multi-year deal or whatever it might take that we may need to discuss uh, in further detail again some other time. But, you know, at least like the Trubisky money that was there or something that escalates, 
that's just as good as what another team is going to offer because another team, it, they're going to do like the Colts did last year. They're going to they're going to sign Gardner Minshew and then hope they can get their guy in the NFL draft, and they did with the Anthony Richardson. And then, of course, Richardson gets hurt, and Minshew ends up playing, and he's starter-capable. And in this league, you need at least two uh, kind of starter-capable quarterbacks, and I think both of these guys can't be. Maybe one of them ascends. Maybe one doesn't. Maybe you win five or six games and you got a top 10 draft pick and then you could target the next quarterback draft class without giving up too much because otherwise, I mean, Mason, he's going to look too. Last year, it's not like he had a lot of suitors. He's going to look at those guys and say, where the hell were you last year? Maybe uh, it all depends. Money might talk. You might see it as the only time to get a payday and Omar Khan says, say la vie. And then, you know, you're looking at that list that we were looking at to start this whole show. So, you know, there's the crap shoot of drafting and I don't want to give up uh, a whole lot to, to do that either. It's just, uh, this is still, despite what people say about Mike Tomlin, this is still a winning culture, right? This is still a team that the players aren't going to want to sit there and just lose games and tank for the, for the sake of tanking. That's not who the Pittsburgh Steelers are. Uh, so you could call it mediocre all you want, but the, these guys are looking over their shoulder. It's not the, it's the not for long league. And what ends up happening is, is Kenny Pickett might not be around for very much longer. It could be the end of the road for him. Uh, but Mike Tomlin's going to be looking for, he, he's got some patience. He instilled, uh, he, he gave the keys to Mason Rudolph. And I think at the end of the day, maybe you might see him back in a Steelers uniform. And so be it. If neither one of those guys ends up working out, you tried the first round pick uh, project with, with uh, Kenny Pickett and you tried the, draft a guy to sit behind Ben Roethlisberger type deal. And that didn't work. And you also went after the former high second overall pick with Mitch Trubisky and that didn't work. So now you try the process again and maybe you find one that works. Uh, I mean, that's just, that's just me. The Steelers have been drafting in the twenties for the longest of times, not having these losing seasons and maybe uh, just taking the shot, taking the risk to see if one of these guys can keep you in that category of winning games and perhaps having a shot at the chip is worth the risk of then being uh, having them reset the following year. And then, of course, we'll see if Mike Tomlin even gets extended. If, if Joe Burrow has a high, has a Dan Marino like year, right? Got to a Super Bowl, but lost. And that's the highlight of his career, right? But he, other than that, he performs well. Here's the key. They didn't give up anything else to get him, right? If if they just sucked the one year and they got this quarterback who was a great quarterback, Hall of Fame level quarterback for years and years and years, but they never won a championship, okay. You weren't going to do any better if you got gave up a billion picks, right? Even if it's a surefire guy. Even if it's CJ, and I'm not saying CJ is, is a Hall of Fame level quarterback, even though I think he is going to have a very stellar career. I'm not saying that yet. One year, right? Flash in the pan could be, who knows? But even if he isn't, if he never wins the Super Bowl, was it worth giving up 17 picks to get him? No, it's not. It's just never worth it. It's not. <clears throat> Sorry, I keep uh I keep bumping the mic or the bump of the mute button on the mic because I've stay man, I'll tell you, this weather is still killing my throat and I'm losing my voice here and we're getting up against it too, Brian. But that's uh, that's why I'm saying just take take the risk. It's stinking. 
because like the Bengals, they got where they are at because they sucked. They got Burrow number one overall, and then they then he got hurt. They stunk some more, and they were able to get Jamar Chase. You look at the Baltimore Ravens; they were they were coasting. You know what I mean? They had that number one seed and fell out from that when Lamar Jackson got hurt. And then uh, he got hurt two years in a row. And that gets them guys like Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum and Patrick Queen and, and et cetera, et cetera. And that might not all be within the same draft classes or over the course of the year. But you get my point. You, you stink a little bit and you improve your draft position. You kind of get some of those better players to fall to you the same way the Steelers got Ben and Troy and Heath all there in that three-year period. It's not that you can't find a quarterback lower in the draft, right? It's not that at all. Brock Purdy is the poster boy for this, right? Mr. Irrelevant. It's not that you can't. It's rare, right? But to be fair, it's also rare to get the successful quarterback at the top of the draft. Quarterbacks are the most hit and miss position, I think, that exists. And the bottom line, the bottom line is... It is not worth mortgaging your draft capital to try and reach up to get one. Steelers had drafted Dan Marino, we'd have had, we'd have ten Super Bowls by now. So that's it. But <laughs> are you so sure of that, though? I mean, you put Brock Purdy in a Steelers uniform. I don't think he's the same player. You put Kenny Pickett with the San Francisco 49ers. He's probably a different player, also. It's. It is, I don't know why I even went there, but it's the point is it's hit and miss. It's just hit and miss, right? I get it. And as much as it makes me vomit to say any of this, um, just Tom Brady is the perfect example. Here's the guy that most people now think is the greatest quarterback that's ever walked the face of the earth. And he only plays because Drew Bledsoe gets hurt. And he's a sixth round pick or something like that. Or fourth round pick. I can't remember. Anyway, a deep round pick. Nobody thought Tom Brady was going to be who Tom Brady turned out to be, right? If, you know, you miss, as as I said, you miss as much as you hit on quarterbacks. And you, in fact, no, that's not even true. You miss at a infinitely higher rate on quarterbacks than you do at any other position. They are much more likely to be a bust than a success. And there are no guarantees, none. No, my friend, uh, no guarantees at all, but you know what? That's going to put a bow on it for us. I was going to take a look at all of the draft history, but we'll do that for another day as we get closer to the draft and everyone's going to start saying, Ooh, draft the next shiny toy of the quarterback. So, um, you know what? There is still football going on this weekend, despite the Steelers not being a participant in it. So I guess uh, we should make like a quick pick or something like that. So here it goes. Anyone but Baltimore. <laughs> and I mean, I kind of want to see Detroit win too. Yes, I'd stick to, I, I'm, I'm going Chiefs-Lions, and, and then I want the Lions to win. That's what I'm doing. I'll, 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 we'll have to see if I revise that after none of my picks pick. But Chiefs-Lions, that's what I'm going, because I don't want the other two in the Super Bowl. That sounds fair enough. Uh, that'll do it for us folks uh, here at the Steel City Underground podcast. Another episode probably coming sometime next week as we kind of stretch out and, uh, you know, stretch our legs during the off season. So don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Leave a rating and review wherever you're watching or listening. Thank you for your support of the program. My name is Joe Kuzma. His name is Mr. Brian E. Roach, the host who doesn't like toast. Until next time, we encourage everyone out there to be safe, be good, and we'll catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media. 
and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com.